made by Jaguars fans for Jaguars fans. This is the Real Till Podcast, the official podcast of Jaguars Reddit. Hey everyone and welcome to the Real Till r slash Jaguars podcast. I am JC. Chromatos is some fucking where. I don't know. So I'm joined today by my favorite co-host, Loxman. How's it going, bud? Gardner Minshew. Oh, no, that's not me. I wish I had facial hair like that. It's going well, man. Just chilling up here in New York. How are you? Good. So I saw that you were hanging out with some uh, UCF guys. How was that? It was great. They did a big tour event uh, up here in New York, so got to meet the uh, athletic director, head coach uh, for the men's and women's basketball and football head football coach. And uh, it's kind of weird when you meet people like that. Fortunately, the event was not like terribly well attended. So, I mean, it's kind of sucked for the alumni association, but it was great because you can have really organic conversations, and it, you really like kind of forget that these guys are just big football guys. So I, I would be like, oh yeah, like I would forget to ask him to get a picture with me because I'd just be BSing with him about football, like in ripping yinglings and stuff. Was it a packed house? A lot of people? No. I mean, normally they're for like the watch parties it is, but for this event, because they're charging money, uh, they're, I don't know, I guess it put a lot of people off and it's Memorial Day weekend. So I feel like this town pretty much was dead quiet except for tourists uh, by th- the time Thursday rolled around. So, Right. Well, it's yeah, that's really cool. I know you're a big UCF fan, so you always, man. You looked quite uh, excited in the the pictures that you posted. So I don't really know how to smile for pictures. Like <laughs> I always feel like I'm either overdoing it, but then if you try to take a little edge off, you look like you're being like sinister or something. So, well. Uh, we are uh, pretty much in the dead center of the off season right now. Uh, there's not a lot going on still. We had OTAs this past week. We got some more OTAs next week, uh, and then some a couple more OTA days. Uh, all leading up to mandatory minicamp. Um, so, um. There's really not a whole lot to talk about with OTAs because there's really not a lot going on with OTAs. Guys are, you know, not wearing pads. They're in shorts, just kind of uh, getting to know each other, I guess. Um, I know some of the big headlines that came out of OTAs were that uh, Yannick showed up for OTAs. Jalen isn't at OTAs, which everyone should expect at this point. Um, and then the other, uh, the other big news that might pop some eyes, but I don't necessarily think is worth worrying about is, um, Jesus Christ, what my brain just shut down, uh, Uh, the injuries, the injuries, Allen's knee. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So, so, um, I mean, there's not really a whole lot going on with OTAs, but, you know, but what do you think with, you know, some of the highlights and uh, some of the, I guess, bigger news surrounding OTAs? What do you think is going on there? I actually saw, um, it kind of went under the wayside that D.D. Westbrook wasn't there either on the first day, but he showed up, like, 
the second day. It just goes to show you that these these things don't matter. So I, mean, I guess the only thing that really did matter was that Yannick did show up, and he's really – I mean, I wouldn't have, but I also understand that he's trying to put on a show to become a captain and a leader on this team, whereas oh, yeah. guys like – yeah, like Jalen, that's not necessarily their main goal. So, but in the exit interviews last year, Yannick said that that was important to him is becoming a leader, specifically getting the captain on his chest. And uh, I'm really excited for that. I still think, you know, it would be better to get him his money now, get him paid as soon as possible. I know everyone's anxious about it. It's going to happen. Um, it would be a crime if it didn't happen, but I think it'll work out just fine. Yeah. And I have, um, I have a, a bit of a, a bit of a predict uh, prediction, uh, but we're gonna go over some, a few of our bold predictions uh, here at the halfway point of the off season in a little bit. So I'll hold on to that for a little bit. Uh but yeah, yeah. Um, I fully expect Yannick's gonna get. Uh, you know, he's gonna be a captain, and that's something that's important to him. He's expressed before, uh, so I'm I'm not surprised that he showed up. Uh, no one should be surprised that Jalen didn't show up. Uh, of, you know, of course, you're going to have a particular group of people that expect them to show up and punch in and out because that's what they do at their 9 to 5. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, the DD thing, I guess he, he was there for like, he showed up on like week two. Like, I think it was DD. It was like day two or like, well... Yeah, he showed up like on Thursday. I think it was uh the one on men's Wednesday miss. But it's just it just goes to show you he like Marone knew where he was. It's everything's fine, so Yeah, yeah. And I think like more concerning is I guess not really concerning, but the guys who are still doing rehab, and you gotta remember like how long it does take to properly rehab the ACLs. Like guys like uh Jake Ryan and Marquise Lee. Um Although it did say Marquise Lee is running now with like no sleeve, no brace, it's just a bare knee. And if you've ever had any kind of knee injury, when you first take off the brace, that's like when you get that kind of phantom injury myth off your back. So I feel like that's probably an important psychological aspect. It is for me. I don't know if it is for him. Yeah, I saw there was a little uncertainty about Jake Ryan's injury. Um, he was there. I guess he like was pretty much just like inside um you, you know on on the bike and just kind of working out with with what he can uh but uh he's coming off a pretty brutal uh knee injury as well so uh yeah and honestly this this time of the year in, in OTAs like it's cool you know for these guys to show up if they want but like don't go out and and kill yourself when when you're you know still trying to rehab so like i think if uh now that we've gotten the whole word down where uh, Miles Jack is going to play as the middle linebacker, I think a lot of the speculation where Jake Ryan could take that role and Jack would slide over, we kind of forgot that Jake Ryan is working at, working back from this ACL. So that's one of the situations where I would want Jake Ryan, if he was going to be that, that captain of the defense <laughs> that we've been quoting and throwing around, if he's going to be the guy in the middle, you kind of want him out there just walking through to start. But since that's Miles' spot and we don't know where Ryan's going to play, uh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, or if or when he's going to play. You know, that's and and that may be why Jack is so uh so comfortable and adamant in saying, "Hey, I'm I'm playing Mike Backer. Um, I'm not 
I'm not moving to weak side. Like, you know, maybe they kind of, maybe there's a lot of uncertainty about uh, the situation with, with Jake's knee, but. Uh, I think he's just, he's gotten assurances, not just in his own ability there, but from the coaches that it's completely solid. Yeah. Uh, his position there. So, I mean, I'm fine with it. I know everyone had their ideas about what the alignment for the linebackers should look like, but honestly, the, the, nothing on the defense really is bothering me right now. Just stay healthy, get into the season healthy, sign our stars, and be great for the next five or ten years. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about uh, Josh Allen's injury? He was out all this week, um, and I guess... Uh, I believe I saw something uh, saying they were going to hold him out through uh, the rest of OTAs. So, yeah, is that... I don't know if he's gonna be out of minicamp, but like, it's it's just a knee bruise. It's the smart thing to do. I don't I don't think the whole. Uh, I mean, it's a bruise. So, what what is that like? It's probably gonna swell a little or something. You probably play through it during the season. Yeah. But for now, there's no point in having him work on it. Especially, I know everyone's all on edge after Fowler's injury. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a little unnerving when you know your your first round pick comes in and you know they say you know oh, it's you know he's out this week with a knee injury or, or whatever. Especially towards like for casual like fans, like the, you know the the Facebook fans and and all those guys when when they see. You know, Josh Allen out of OTAs today with a knee injury, they're going to absolutely flip shit and just yeah. re- reminisce on on the Dante Fowler ACL scenario. And understandably understandably so for a little bit, just because it's been such such bad luck for a lot of our first-round picks in the past with that and the team in general. So, I mean, I kind of get the alarm, but it's, it's fine. It's completely minor. Uh, it's not worried at all. Yeah, I just I just read too that uh Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams are also being held out of OTAs because they have like leg injuries as well. So it it's not something that's just happening to us as far as just minor bumps and bruises they're getting through some light contact. Yeah, and I, I mean you have to you have to remember these guys are playing very physical positions, and I mean you know they they just finished college ball like a few months ago, you know, so. They they may have been a little banged up, and w- these guys are playing for that high draft pick, that big payday. So, you know, there's no telling. Like, he may have had a banged up knee, you know, a, a bruised knee or whatever, you know, you know, before the college season ended, you know, and in that kind of situation, those guys are going to play through those kinds of injuries, you know. So, it may be a situation where it's not necessarily something that's going to keep him down for a long time or require surgery, but it might be something that's, you know, that may have still been bugging him throughout. And honestly, if you're in a situation where you have, you you know, you, you have a, you know, some bruised tissue or whatever, like don't go out and risk like some major injury and like uh, a portion of the off season that doesn't matter. Yeah, of course not. Um, so I guess we'll just scroll through some, some other highlights right here with, I don't want to spend a lot of time on OTAs cause none of the shit matters. It really doesn't. Um, but, uh, let's the see. highlights look nice. I mean, yeah. you can all, we, I've been sitting here 
I know you've it's like what three videos right now the cool guy slow mo videos of Nick Foles throwing a very pretty ball and uh, some really cool catches. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, being considering that it's closed to the public, can't really get a lot of videos. But uh, we have a couple of videos of some you know Nick Foles long balls and um, but apparently, uh, apparently for the most part, Nick Foles has looked pretty good and he seems to be. Uh, there have been a, a few photos coming out of him talking to, you know, a bunch of different guys on the team. So he at least seems to be fitting right into that leadership role. Um, I know specifically, uh, I've seen a couple of, uh, like a couple of interviews or, or quotes about Leonard Fournette, how he's seems to be maturing a bit. Um, so that's fine. He just needs yeah. to stay healthy. I'm not really worried about his maturity level now. I think it's just his, uh, is he going to be able to adjust and work in this offense? And they seem to be determined to like, not just with him, but the focus has been on all these power backs. Like we bring in Mike Gillisley and, uh, you know, Alfred blue Rawls, just all these guys who even, even rock Armstead, who we drafted, who does work a little bit better in this, uh, RPO type shotgun offense. That's what they ran at temple. They're they're all power guys. You'd think we would have seen some more of the uh, uh, elusive guys, open field or pass catchers, things like that. Not really anything. Just Benny Cunningham, who I don't even know if he makes the roster. He's not great. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm going to keep my eye on come um, uh, come mini camps because I'm really intrigued what they're going to do with the running backs in this uh, in this uh, offensive system. Because uh, we know they're going to run a shotgun, and you want to hear my my first bold prediction that relates to that? Yeah, go for it. Well, and I've said it a couple of times. I think uh, Rock Armstead, Raquel Armstead, is going to be uh, by the end of the season the the one A to Fournette's one B, uh, and I think he's really. I don't know if he's going to take over, just because I don't think that they're setting up to have one guy to carry the ball 25, 30 times a game. But I think if everything's even and he's going to be getting the 15 to 18 carries Fournette will be getting near eight to 10 carries and everyone else is just going to have a few sprinkled in here and there for change of pace. Okay. That's pretty bold, but I like it. Uh, yeah, they, they need to do something. I think, um, I think we may see some, uh, quite a bit of rotation. Uh, between some guys this year, uh, compared to you know these last two years where Fournette's running if you get a, times if you get a chance to look at uh to look at Armstead's highlights, it looks and you think about what you've seen when the Eagles have made their playoff runs and when Foles is on his way to the Super Bowl, the offense that they're running at Temple looks a lot more similar to what Foles is comfortable with and what I think we're going to see this year with JDF versus how Fournette has looked uh, with the systems that he's looked comfortable in. So that's where that kind of basis comes from. Uh, he's, I, I don't think he's going to like blow the wheels off or like, I don't think Armstead's going to come in here and have 1200 yards, but I think he'll be the leader of this uh, running back by committee by the time it's all said and done. I, I don't care what they're saying as far as how much they want Fournette to be a part of it. I think as soon as they see if he can't adjust and learn how to catch patches, passes with which Armstead can't do either really he barely got any targets in college um and just not be so one-dimensional then 
I think Armstead will be the guy of the future, and Fournette will be the uh, the LeGarrette Blount of this offense. Well, um, I do have to say, some of the more upsetting news from OTAs, for me personally, is that Gardner Minshew is not QB number one. So... Yeah, you and you and the rest of the the meme factory across Jaguars fandom. Um, apparently he uh, he botched a formation, threw a couple interceptions, and uh, De Filippo kind of uh got pretty hard on him. But um, man, I just love that guy, dude. He's just I want to I really want to oh, have yeah, a I mean, with that guy. He's he seems great, and I think I think he will end up with that backup spot, but. Coming out of college, yes, he had like that high 70% completion rate. But if you ever turned on any of his games, so much of that is just where it's five wide and there's so many crossing routes. And just because, you know, for so many reasons, college defenses have trouble keeping up with these super fast guys. So he's just hitting like for most of his yards, just underneath receivers who are wide open through like yeah. pick plays and crosses across the field. A lot of it's, it looks a lot like a, like the system that we beat the Patriots with. So that doesn't always, that obviously doesn't translate consistently very well to the NFL. And it's why when he's coming out somehow, despite having like the 70% completion rate, his accuracy is very, it was described as erratic. So it kind of makes sense. I think it'll come with time. Now he's actually having to challenge like DBs close down the field. So I think it's still his job. I just want to point out before I get any hate mail, when I upload this, I never once expected Minshew to be quarterback number one. Uh, no, <laughs> one, no one should. But uh, I know, I, I know, there's someone waiting on the sub right now to tell me he hasn't even taken a snap yet, dude. Like, well, they're the same people who think that Bortles is going to take Goff's job. Like, yeah. If like golf goes down with any kind of injury or something, like McVeigh is, like, do people really think McVeigh is sitting there thinking about Bortles being his QB one? No, he's he's got his guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to, I just want those to point those people exist. Out. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I just feel to, like you got to be very specific. Yeah, I just want. I'm just having fun. Okay, I love I love meme quarterbacks. I love Blake Bortles. Okay, I still do love Blake, and I love Gardner, but. I never once expected Gardner to, to be quarterback number one, just to let you guys know. I like know. watching good quarterbacks more. The meme quarterbacks are fun, but the good ones are better. At least our meme quarterback hasn't stolen crab legs yet. So, Yeah, that's he, that, that doesn't really fit the, the good or... That's not a funny meme. That's just a shitty meme. So, um, since we were talking a little bit about bold predictions... And then we can kind of lead this into something else I want to talk about. I'll get your opinion on it. My bold prediction is that uh, probably probably my most bold prediction is that uh, Ngakwe will not see a new contract, an extension of any kind until this until this next season is over. I don't think he'll see anything this year. I think I could see, uh, you know, it happening mid-season, like Hearns and I think Telvin's extension was signed in. Um, 
But yeah, do you have any reason why for that? Or are you just speculating? I'm just speculating. I mean, after 2019, uh, I mean, if they're smart, they're going to cut Darius, and that's going to free up a ton of cap space. I think they have to. Uh, otherwise, I think that's like a 22 million cap hit or some shit. Like, it's a lot of money. That's huge, yeah. Um, so that's going to free up a lot of cap space, and honestly, I, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna wait out, and they're the two big contracts they have coming up are, are Yannick and Jalen, and I think they're gonna wait it out as long as they can to to pay these guys, and that's it's gonna piss a lot of people off, and people aren't gonna like people aren't expecting them to wait that long. If if you see like a post about Yannick or or anything like. The first comment you're going to see, and almost every comment down, is people saying, pay the man. So I, I hear you, and I think the, I think we'll see signs. Like with Jalen, you can tell because he, he's very public about how much he, he wants to get paid and how he deserves to get paid, and I'm fine with that. You don't really see that as much from Yannick, but he's never been like quiet with the media or anything like that. So I'm okay with that. I'm going to be freaking out every day about it, of course, but because I don't want to, I don't want a future where Yannick and Josh Allen aren't my two third down pass rushers for the next five to 10 years. I, I don't like entertaining that reality, but I think as long as, as the season goes along, if Yannick is okay, knowing that his agent in the front office are getting a deal done, then it's fine. Now, if he's starting to get disgruntled, then I think, there's no reason to fuck around with this guy. Like both sides do this in good faith with each other and do each other a solid. Yeah. I know, I know there was that one quote after uh, day one of OTAs where Yannick said, uh, you know, regardless of an, uh, of a contract or not, he's, he's going to play out the season, um, which, you know, if he says that I, I believe him and I don't know why you want, especially, if you're trying to get as much money as possible and, and you're trying to get the C on your jersey, right? But um, I know... I, I It almost feels like... like to reiterate on, on what you were saying, like they, they know that they're getting a deal and they're going to get a lot of money. Um, so it's almost like, you know, he's comfortable knowing you know, after this year, he's going to get a big payday. So, you know, why not go out and, you know, and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm playing ball. That's what I'm here for. You know, you're getting the money. So uh, it's going to be the same with Jalen, too. I expect um, if a deal doesn't happen this year, he, he knows he's getting a big payday. With Jalen, I think the, the franchise tag and the options are on the table more. With Yannick, it's like, you know, it's like it's fucker walk. So. I think that's why the immediacy is a little bit more of a concern because they don't. Yeah, they could franchise him, but they don't. They don't want to do that. No one wants that. Also, there's such a high demand for defensive ends of his caliber. The dude could go anywhere and probably get more money than he's going to get here. But I wonder by how much though. Like if we're if we're thinking about giving him the same kind of contract, like that. Uh, cowboy. Uh, Demarcus Ware just got Demarcus Ware. My God, who the hell am I thinking of? Uh, who is Demarcus Lawrence? Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I mean, so he got five years, $105 million. And so even at the top of the market, if we're already thinking about paying Yannick that, which we should be because, you know, Lawrence was there and that's, he worked for it. He got it. He earned it. Yannick has done the exact same thing and to pay him any less would just be a hometown discount. So I think the, the bidding starts there. Um, but how much higher than that can you go? Like, would people sign him for $120 million? Um, I mean, I don't, I think that may be a little too high, but yeah. So really like, I don't know how much, how much more money he's going to get. If he's already commanding the top of the market here at home, I don't think he can really get that much more going into the off season. So honestly, though, we've probably talked about this for too much. He's going to get signed whether at some point this year, if he doesn't, that would be, that's just incomprehensible to me. So, yeah. Um, well, we can move on from Yannick and contracts because none of that shit matters. Well, I mean, it matters, but, you know, yeah, he's going to get paid regardless. Know, so. so we were talking about this before the show, and this is a, a way from any actual player discussion. But do you know how many, like, Jaguars podcasts there are right now that are actually, like, actively updated? Active? Uh, no idea. There are a ton of them, though. So I'm looking, and there didn't used to be a ton of them. I think this only really started around 2017 uh, when we were good and a lot of people wanted to kind of get more involved. Um, mm. There had been some, I remember big cat country had a whole ass radio show with like a studio and everything. And they were bringing on former players and stuff for a little while. I think it died, but it was actually a really cool concept, but that was back before podcasting was really a big deal. I want to say it was like 2012, 2011 or so. Yeah, but, I I remember that because I used to I used to listen to that. Um, it was shit. It may have been either it may have even been around like the Blaine Gabbert era of Jaguars. It definitely football. was. Yeah, um, the the Blaine Gabbert Chad Henney era. I remember listening. I remember. I, I remember it was when I lived in that. Jacksonville. So that was around the time that I started. I started reading. Uh, big cat country articles so i was kind of following it um it was kind of when the duval till we die whole movement started off yeah yeah yeah. Um, and the whole don't sign tebow thing and then jags fans realized we can actually nut up to that kind of bullshit (laughs) yeah uh but yeah continue good so i'm seeing right now i'm there there's a lot there's there's jags den which is the uh, jags wire i don't know if you've seen them i see their articles on facebook every now and then but I don't think they're very largely followed compared to some of the other ones. So that's one. There's uh, this one that I haven't listened to called We're Talking Jags. But it seems pretty well updated, like every three or four weeks. And then during the season, it's about several every week. Uh, looks like it's a, a local one by a guy named Fat Whippet, a local Jacksonville guy. So maybe a little bit more Duval flair than the re- than. You get with guys like us where we are not living in Duval. Um, Jen Jag has a podcast, so that's three. Big Cat Country runs their own. It's almost like a, I think it's like a podcast community more. I know there's like the Mets have something with that up here where they have some of their own podcasts and they've also brought in a couple other podcasts within it. I think uh, another Jags podcast, uh, which has been pretty popular lately, pl- uh, is part of that. I might be mistaken, so but we can count them separately because I know that I think Ryan Day and a few guys have a Big Cat Country one. So that's like five. Uh, 
There's one called Jags Cast, which I've never heard of. Brent uh, Brent Martineau and Dan Hicken do an actual podcast, not like just a recording of their radio show. So I'm going to count that one. They need a Locked On Jaguars with uh, T-Wig and uh, Phil Prius on there, which is pretty good. And Down by the Bank, which I enjoy. Um, and they're also part of the Big Cat Country community. So that's like eight or nine podcasts that I'm actually seeing. Oh, and then, of course, ours. So that's like 10 podcasts, man. But that's that's actually quite a bit. And they're staying fairly active throughout the offseason. So it's not like they're going to die and not be heard of again. I'm sure everything will pick up. So it's cool seeing this much content being created uh, for the Jaguars. Yeah, and you didn't hear that, but I was just digging around on my browser uh, looking at... I, I know There were some a uh, couple of podcasts that were posted in the sub uh, within the last couple of days, and uh, I clicked on a link, and it, it apparently it's on autoplay. So anyone listening to this is going to hear the intro to another Jack's podcast. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds perfectly done. Now you're now you're gonna get sued, dude. Ah, oh, shit, dude. I'm just what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna put some like random animal noises over that entire segment. That's just what the Jaguars, uh, all their radio shows do. Uh, the rawr, like before everything goes into them. Yeah. I'll be honest, like with the way that like, and I don't know if people know this, but 1010XL puts up like every fucking minute of their radio programming in podcast format, uh, on either like the 1010XL sports radio or like jacksonville jaguars recent so you didn't even really need podcasting for a while you could listen now i mean if you really thought 10 tens takes were bad but you get such a good variety from all their different shows that i think you get we really are blessed because not not every professional franchise or even pro football team gets this level of like fan involvement and uh cooperation with their local news media yeah and I, I, a lot of that comes down, I think, to us being such a small market. Um, big, big market teams like, you know, you know, like uh, New England and Dallas and stuff. They don't, <laughs> they don't need fan cooperation. They're, they're, they've already reached that point. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with being such a small market. It does, but I think um, when I was living in Tampa, I didn't really get that feeling that that existed for a team like uh, the Bucks. Like you have the Pewter Report guys, which is their equivalent of Big Cat Country. I believe they're both the uh, SB Nation articles, but the kind of podcasting, like local community there, exists a lot more for the Lightning and the Rays than it did for the Bucks. The Bucks just seem to just stick with very traditional, like WDAE local radio types of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know. I remember, like right after we started this podcast, um, Alfie actually reached out to Crom. And he was like, "Hey, do you guys want to like do our like podcast on uh or like you know do your podcast on Big Cat Country or whatever?" Because they were starting that. Um, I guess it's like an SB Nation like community podcast thing. Yeah, and, uh, like, like yeah. I said, I don't know. I'm not sure if they have multiple ones in there. Like it's a a podcast community. I know that's what it's like. Like the Mets up here have like four or five different podcasts, but they all go out separately but under one name like like i think it's amazing avenue or something like that yeah but it's different programs different different people on it which is a cool idea yeah well i I had this guy from uh i can't remember what what team he was uh 
um, what team he followed, but he he DM'd me, and uh, he wanted to like he wanted me to run a podcast for it, it was like an it was like an RNFL community podcast. They've uh, had that like, like for that each was team. in the past. Yeah, I've I've listened to that in the past, not like in the last couple seasons or so, but they were starting it up, and it wasn't that bad actually. Yeah, well, I guess they were. I guess they were, you know, starting up a new one or whatever. I don't know. Um, but uh, it, I mean, it seemed pretty well organized, but it was just really. It, it was almost a little. It was almost like a little too organized, like. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know that's why we're not really like, well, this isn't my podcast, but why you aren't doing uh, some of those very serious ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you really have we, that. We very much acknowledge that our takes are trash, just like everyone else's. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This it's it's fucking football, and I'm just a fan, and I I can't take it that seriously where I have to be that organized, you know. Like, it it is a lot. Like the st- the structure, kind of takes some of the fun out of it, and also it doesn't help that we're all pretty far away from each other. I feel like a lot of those ones that are more structured work a lot better when you got three guys or girls sitting in a room together talking about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there there are a lot of podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, something else that we talked about, um, which you know isn't isn't a bold prediction from me or from you, but. Apparently a bold prediction from somewhere else was Jalen Ramsey maybe playing safety. What was the deal with that? Please explain. Oh, that was it was one of the one of the many takes like that you hear. Um, the free safety. I guess the 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 real hot talk that isn't just one bad take is uh the safety and I'll call it an issue, although I don't think it's an issue. Uh, and the question there. Now, I really wonder what kind of do people really think that that Dave Caldwell has something like up his sleeve where he's going to wait and pull in Trey Boston or Eric Berry uh, into into camp and just fold them in? Um, like, no one. The take, the, no, the no. take was like, okay, the, sorry. The, the take that you're talking about is that if uh, Gerard Wilson goes down and you, for some reason you think it's that much of a drop off from him to Cody Davis taking over that role, which at that point. Who, who even cares? Just just don't let anyone get behind you. It's a simple job. You don't have to be a huge playmaker. Gibson was not that big of a playmaker when he was playing single high. It's not the point of it. The point of it is just don't let people get behind you. But so people are saying, oh, play Jalen Ramsey there and move like Quentin Meeks outside or DJ Hayden outside. And I just don't understand why you'd ever do that. Like you want to take the best player on the defense, the best player, the most athletic guy, the guy who sticks and can take away the team, the other team's biggest weapon and you want to move him away from the weapon, or you want to make sure he's only he's playing yards and yards away from the ball, or yards and yards away from any one player. I don't I I'm, I don't know, man. I would much rather have elite corners and a mediocre safety who knows his only job is to not let anyone get behind him, than wasting Jalen Ramsey back there. Right. It's a lot. It's a lot more important to have your best player in your secondary play the cornerback position than any safety position you know what it is dude it's madden and madden you need that safety much more than you need the corners because the yeah. corners get beat anyways but you can free control the safety to go get picks that's the only reason any of this exists and people just like reciting stuff from the 
Seattle's dominance just because of Earl Thomas. But I mean, Earl Thomas with, we've seen what, how good Earl Thomas is when he doesn't have Richard Sherman and elite corner play in front of him. We watched it. Bortles picked them apart. It's, this isn't an argument. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't have, uh, you can't have your corners getting beat in in real life football. Your, your corners can't get beat and and Jalen doesn't get beat. So why would you move Jalen? Uh, well, let me rephrase. Jalen can, Jalen can get beat, but Jalen doesn't often at all get beat. So why why would you move him from that position? It's 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 a dumb take. <laughs> and it, it like he he didn't even play that bad at the end of the last year. Gerard Wilson closed out like what the last three games of the year. Yeah, he wasn't that bad. It's not like he's a. He is the freaking Sergio Brown, like just a special teamer coming in. He's played there. They felt confident enough to give him a contract. And I, people have this idea that, and I don't understand where it ever came from, that Tayshawn Gibson was some huge playmaking safety. Like people still, I think, want that to happen from when we signed him all the way back from the Browns, where he did have that year where he had a, a crap load of interceptions. But he's just not that guy because we don't need that guy because in our defense, that guy is Jalen and AJ. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Miles Jack to a, another extent. Yeah. Um. So, did you have any more bold predictions? Uh, I don't know if this is bold. Uh, this is just my OTA hype thing, but I think the top two receivers are going to be uh, DD. And I don't, this is like one A and one B. I don't know which one's going to end up with the most catches or whatever, but I think DD will be up there just because he's the slot guy. He's proven that he can excel there and uh chris conley okay i think he's got the chemistry right now and it shows with um with Foles. and i also and if you really want to be bold i don't really know if this is like a good prediction this is more like a speculation i'm not saying it'll happen but i think it'd be interesting if it did is if josh oliver comes in at number three there because he's definitely proven that he can be a guy who can absorb a crap load of targets and he looks like he's he's game for it here I think I think we may have gotten a winner here, and this is all based on a few tweets and like one video of a one-handed catch. But that's just the hype right now. Well, I mean, I don't think your uh, I don't think your prediction's far off. Uh, we've got some fans that uh, some some particular people in the around the Discord and the subreddit who kind of relate signing uh, Conley to uh, the fucking guy that we signed last year. What Moncrief. Was his name? Moncrief. Uh, there's, there's one particular person that I have, that, that I know uh, is probably saying that right now. He's probably typing it in the Discord right now that Conley is Moncrief 2.0. Um, but you know, there are some you know, quote-unquote smart fans who, who, are, who are on you know, we're on that side of the fence, but honestly, personally, I don't think your prediction is far off. Um, Connolly's Connolly's worked in the system before, um, so obviously they they brought him in for a reason. They know he's working the system, and he can work in this system. So uh, I just, I don't think you're wrong at all. Yeah, it's just one of those things where at some point bringing Foles in here, and I know for me and a lot of the guys who thought that it was a bad idea, 
we we're always wondering, like, is he going to be able to replicate the success he had in Philadelphia and more of the success than the bad parts of his time in Philadelphia, which he did have some there and at a few of those other career stops. So I like bringing in Conley more than I liked bringing in Dante Moncrief just to give him like one little blanket of familiarity. And on that same note, that's why I mentioned Josh Oliver, because if he can be the guy, I'm not saying he's going to be Zach Ertz or even like George Kittle coming out um, early on, but if he can be that guy who's going to absorb a lot of those targets and be available and reliable for Nick Foles, then not only is that something that's going to be good for Foles, it's just something that we haven't really seen from that position as Jags fans in a while. Oh, yeah. And with Josh Oliver, I fully expect Josh Oliver is going to be tight end number one. And oh, 100%. I don't even know why Jeff Swain's name is even known here. Yeah, I don't know. But in that case where he where he is tight end number one, I think we're going to see tight end targets fucking skyrocket this year with uh in, in this in this uh deep filippo would you uh, draft him in fantasy system. that's the real question what i like a top 12 per, not necessarily top 12 te in the nfl but a top 12 production tight end um knowing the nick Foles, john deep filippo uh, uh system i i would i would expect him as as long it you know if if we got through OTAs and got through minicamp and he was he was looking strong, he looked good in minicamp, and then you know we get to fucking fantasy draft time, like yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take him because Nick Foles is gonna throw it to him, you know, a dozen times a game. If uh yeah, and if I can to give you an idea of what a the the twelfth best tight end in the NFL would be uh, last year, you're looking at a guy like a. Vance McDonald. Um, I don't. I don't know about Jordan Reed because he's always hurt. He probably missed a bunch of time. I don't really know. Or like a Trey Burton. That's a good one. After he signed out there, where he got fifty catches, six hundred yards or so, and like four to six touchdowns. I think that's. And I think that'd be great for Josh Oliver. And I think that's great as for any rookie tight end. I know people are going to say, "Oh, rookie tight ends. You know, they take time to develop," but. That's not as true lately. And especially in this system, he's just going to be a jumbo wide receiver. So. Yeah. Um, well, Oshag Hennessy is going to be the blocker. I love Oshag, dude. He is a really good blocker. Uh, I wish he could catch, but he is, he is a really good blocker. Um, so I guess let's, uh, I guess we can just start uh, winding down and wrapping up. But before we do, uh, I am going to, go out with my last bold prediction let's hear it a lot of people are still really upset about Taven Bryan uh rightfully so um but after he was moved inside he played really well I think I think you know before the season ends Taven Bryan will take over for Marcel Darius. As like that nose tackle position? Yeah. I thought he was kind of small for that role, to be honest. Like, he's not like such a uh, a giant guy. So I think he's really just going to... I'm not really worried about that role. I'm excited to see what that seventh round guy we drafted, what he brings, but... Well, and that's that's why it's bold, because... He's not a nose tackle, but 
I think they're gonna. I think they're they're gonna move him inside permanently because he's he's not an edge rusher. Um, I think they're gonna move him inside, and I th- I don't know. I I think my 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 prediction is they're going to they've got to groom somebody to take over for Marcel because he's not gonna be here next year, and like regardless of his regardless of his size, I think. I think they're gonna they're gonna try to put him uh, at nose tackle and, and groom him to replace Marcel next year. If he's ineffective at the uh, at that three tech role, which is where he really should be, I think that's where he should be playing because he's got the quick first step. He gets into the backfield like he blows through guards all the time. He just looks lost once he is back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's his ideal position, and I think we even saw that is now whether he can put it all together, I don't know. But I will say that um, I think it's getting easier to find guys like that, like the kind of slightly undersized uh, defensive tackles who can shoot through gaps uh, and just try to disrupt the passer. Um, so yeah, I, I I really don't even know like what the what the defensive frontage is going to look like with the how much Don Capers and. Uh, influence is going to be here. Are we really going to go to a three-four or what? But I, I would s- expect more that we would see something traditional because it is still Todd Wash's defense, and there's not really any surprises from it. Yeah, but it is bold. It is very bold. I had to go out with a banger, you know. I hear you. Um. So yeah, we will uh, wrap it up, and I guess uh, you know, again, there's there's not a lot to talk about, but. Uh, we'll see how uh, the rest of OTAs go, and then we might try to bring in a, uh, you know, like a full recap of OTAs, uh, because after that we're not going to have anything until uh, minicamp. So, yeah, uh, we might try to do like a full OTA recap or something. And if Chromatos isn't back, then you know we'll just bring you back in, or we may just we may just bring you back in regardless, but. Or we'll do the long-awaited all-British podcast. Yeah, that's going to happen, by the way. I know some of you guys in the Discord um, really want uh, to come on the podcast, uh, specifically a couple of uh, the British, our British friends. So uh, I, d- I do plan to do like an all-British podcast. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. I also plan to do... At some point in this off season, like a like a mass like I don't know eight or ten person podcast. Oh God! Just to see how chaotic it is, and I know I'm going to end up like <laughs> I know I'm going to end up booting like half of them before we even get to the end. But holy shit, would that be nuts? You um, know what you should do, and this is uh, I would not be partaking because whenever I'm watching the game, I'm at a bar. I very rarely am watching football at home these days, but uh is look at like Twitch or something and do like, like, like Twitch watches the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And like, just do like, like combined live streams or something like that of just like people's reactions. I mean, it would be a bitch to sync up, but yeah, with enough preparation, you could pull it off, but I think that'd be pretty cool. That's, that's the next phase. Um, so yeah, you know, we haven't forgotten you guys that want to come on. Uh, just send me some DMs. Uh, if you're listening on the sub, join the Discord because that's the easiest way for us uh, to get you guys into a call with us. So join the Discord and and let us know that you want to get on. Um, 
and you know for the rest of the off season we may start bringing some of you guys on and just uh just talking to you um because there's not a lot going on so um i know uh chromatos reached out to uh duan smoot and he's interested in coming on and doing the podcast so that's something that uh that's something that we're going to try to work out um It'll be our first player that we've had on uh, the podcast, obviously, and uh, really the, the first, uh, the first person, in, uh, the first you know person actually inside the organization we've had not in a, an AMA format on the sub. So uh, sounds good. So yeah, so we're gonna try to do that too. Um, I don't think I really have anything else. Uh, just uh, you know, just join the Discord and and. Talk to us there and, and let us know you want to come on the podcast and we'll figure out some way to get all you guys on. So Sounds good, yeah. And you know what? If people have ideas for discussions, that'd be pretty cool to get that because obviously it's a, it's a struggle uh, here in the lowest, like most boring football-related parts of the offseason. Yeah. And well, don't even bother me once the Women's World Cup and Copa America and everything like that starts. Uh, not, I'll, not, remind you that I'm, I'll remind you that I'm watching it and – even though I know how little you care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not a I'm not an English football guy, so or really and not English, really any country other than America football guy. So um if 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 it if it starts with the world if it starts with the word world and ends with the world cup, I have no fucking clue what's going on and I'm not watching it. So That's me watching the Jaguars too, but I still do it. <laughs> All right, well, I've got some pepper plants in the driveway, so I'm going to call it here, and uh, yeah, I'll put this up, and we will uh, see you guys next time. So thanks for coming on, Locks. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to go get drunk and uh, have a good Memorial Day. Nice. All right, peace, guys.